Welcome to Business with Beers, a podcast for business owners who want to scale their business to massively grow their income and contribution by investing in people, process, and technology. I'm your host, Brian Beers. Today, we have a great show with Dave Seymour. Dave has quite the resume that includes Firefighter, star of the hit show Flipping Boston that was on A&E, a real estate developer, and an entrepreneur. Whenever Dave faced a challenge or setback in his career, he found a way to pivot and move in a positive direction. Dave's story that he shares should be an inspiration to many people. Dave and I have a conversation about the role of CEO and how the results and actions don't always show up on a spreadsheet, but they are invaluable in conducting the orchestra and making people in the company feel valued. It's a great episode, probably one of my favorite. So make sure you tune in and listen to the end. And if you'd like to learn more about the topics covered in this podcast, please check out brianbeers.com. Sign up for my free newsletter, delivering content directly to your inbox. Hey, well, welcome to the show, Dave. Hey, thanks, Brian. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah. Thanks well, for this, having me. This wouldn't be business with beers if I didn't ask you that me and you are at a bar up in Boston. Uh, what are we <laughs> drinking? Hey, Sam Adams, your cousin from Boston. You know what I mean? You watch the commercials. It's it's the real deal. The funny, th- the funny thing is, brother, I don't drink. I've been sober 32 years. So you oh, have the great. Sam Adams. You have the Sam Adams. I'll do my uh, club soda with a splash of cranberry juice and just one slice of lime. Nothing too crazy. All right. Fantastic. That sounds great. Yes. Yeah, so if you don't mind uh, for the sharing for the audience, you know, who, kind of your backstory, who you are and, and what you do. And we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, it's interesting when we we're talking prior to the, to the, you know, recording the show, it's like, uh, your opening comment was, you know, what do you want to talk about? And I've done enough of these podcasts in various different arenas to know that it, it really isn't, what do I want to talk about? It's what your listeners are interested in, right? Yep. Um, we're not talking about origami and, and basket weaving. So we're good there. We're not talking about, you know, learning how to paint portraits. So we'll stay in the, stay in the field of, of, you know, investing and capital and business growth but um you know if that's if that's what your listeners are tuned into i can i can give you my my spin on that um i i, I always start with the fact brian that you know i'm not uh i'm not a a, a graduate of harvard university even though I, I live in the boston area i'm a i'm a i'm definitely a blue collar guy today working in a uh, in a white collar world but um you know, I, I, I came, I'm, I'm actually an immigrant. I came from England back in 1986. Um, my father and my mother raised, a, you know, a working class guy. I was taught to work hard, don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal. You know, trade your solid 40 hours every week for somebody else's money. And if you're lucky enough, you, you die with a small pot of gold at the end of the race. And um, look, don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal. Nice, solid foundation. <laughs> For, for everything, right? At least, yep. at least bring that to the table. But I, um, I came to the states and um, landed a, a very cool career, and I'd still be doing it today if it could have taken care of me financially. I was a firefighter and a paramedic, just north of Boston. Um, I worked in a city called Lynn, Massachusetts. If anybody's uh, a mass hole, and uh, you, you, you definitely know uh, Lynn, Lynn, the city of sin. You never come out the way you went in. It's, it's got its own little moniker. Very, very famous town. But look, man, my, my first taste of, of any kind of business really came when I was, I was fighting fires. Um, the, the flexibility of the fire schedule allowed for uh, 
a pretty substantial amount of downtime, if you will, or days off. Mm-hmm. I think today the guys are working 24 hour shifts. So they'll do 24 on, 24 off, 24 oh. on, five off. Um, so I was working two days, two nights, four off back in the, back in the day when I was working. So on those four days off, you know, what do you do? You can't, you can't golf in, in Boston in, in the winter. So, um, you know, we, most of the guys in the firehouse had some kind of side job. And for me, um, it was construction. You know, I'm, I, I worked from the ground up. I worked digging ditches, putting in fences, building decks, you know, doing, doing all of that kind of work. And, um, it was funny. There was a guy's name's Danny Sullivan. Uh, we always call imagine that Dan Sullivan from Boston doesn't get any more Irish than nah, that, does it? Nah. Right. But Skipper, uh, Skipper worked with my, myself and uh, this big Portuguese kid, Joel, and we were the three man engine company. And we, uh, we were replacing a kitchen actually in the firehouse. And Skipper's father was an engineer at the uh, GE and, um, he had been trained by his father to measure to the 16th of an inch on pretty much everything. Right. Okay. So yep. detailed, there's a, yep. there's actually a message behind this, right? Mm-hmm. Detailed, finite, driven by um, facts and figures. Perfection is what Danny sought when he did anything. And even in throwing up a crappy kitchen in a firehouse, he was measuring to a 16th of an inch. And I had that moment of clarity that most entrepreneurs have that send them down the uh, down the happy road to destiny. At that moment of clarity, and I said, you know, there's a business in here. If this guy's that good, why don't we do some some of this construction work on the outside, kitchens, et cetera, bathrooms? And uh, I said to Sully, I said, Skip, I got a great idea. We got Joel, the great big Portuguese. He could be our muscle. You're the uh, you're the smart guy. You're the GC. Let me flap my gums. And we'll, we'll, we'll put a business together. I'll bring in the business, you know, show me what I need to do, blah, blah, blah. And that was that was where it started. And it was funny because I said to Daddy, I said, what do you think? You want to do the business? He goes, no, no, okay, no, I'm not interested. I'm like, what do you mean? Don't kill my dreams before they start. Oh, Daddy boy, what's up? Yeah. He goes, I can't ask for money. He said, I'll do it for free. He said, you know, I'll just do it for free on the side. He said, but I can't ask for money. And I said, well, let, let me tell you something. I'm pretty good at asking for money. So let me figure that piece of the puzzle out, you know, the business side of it. And that's that was my first taste, and it grew from there. And, you know, now TV shows and flipping houses and et cetera, et cetera. So kind of a kind of a cool start. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. So, so, where did, so you had a, your company, you started doing construction, then you started flipping houses on your own. Is that kind of what, what led yeah. to the next step? Yeah. Look, I, I learned, I don't know if your listeners have experienced this, but um, as an entrepreneur and a business owner, I found very, out very, very quickly that um, if you don't know what you're doing, you're, you're the last person to get paid in the business. <laughs> and, you know, I found myself, I found myself signing up for pretty much another full-time job and uh, not reaping the compensation from it that, that, you know, ROI, return on investment, ROT, return on time. And uh, neither of which were, were, were paralleling out. And um, I, uh, I, I actually heard an, a seminar uh, commercial on a radio ad. Uh, teach me foreclosure. This was in like 2007. Teach me foreclosure. Uh, free hour and a half seminar coming to your neck of the woods. And I'd, I'd been exposed to real estate investors um, during my career, um, you know, as a, as a GC. And something about them was intriguing, i.e. They, had, they were smiling when I wasn't. Uh, they were driving nicer cars. They wore nicer clothes. And then I figured out they weren't that smart. It wasn't like there was a, a, a collegiate 
background. Like you, you didn't graduate from Harvard or Yale or Princeton with a, a degree in, yep. in, you know, house flipping. And um, that was, that was it for me. It was like, what about the other side of the equation? What's the, the money side of the equation? So I took my business, um, I took my, you know, my construction experience into house flipping and uh, very quickly uh, became recognized as one of the top uh, distressed um, real estate investors in the States. Uh, I would take the assets that nobody else would take. I'd turn them around, bring them back online, put them back in the payroll and the tax roll. And, um, you know, it was a, it was a great business model. I was blessed, man. I got, I, I got to partner up with, um, the attorney general's office. Uh, oh, wow. lady at the time was, uh, Martha Coakley was her name and it was her pet peeve to, uh, take these bank owned assets, 2008, nine, 10, 11. We all know what happened in the real estate marketplace back then. Yep. Take those bank owned assets. Um, we'd, uh, put a first lien position superior to the bank through the court system here in Massachusetts. And I would put a, uh, a debt on the property for the amount of construction that it needed to bring it back up to speed and get it back out in the mm -hmm. market. And it was a great business model. I mean, I was paid 18% um, of the cost of construction was my management fee for doing that. My guys could all work retail. I could also lend on those deals because the banks wouldn't lend against another bank. And, um, you know, we were doing some great works in the community. You know, if you can, if you can have an impact in your community that's positive uh, through through your business, then you know that's obviously a powerful, powerful marketing, you know, uh, strategy, if you will, a marketing message for one of a better term. So that was where it began, and then we got recognized by um, by A and E Network, and uh, then they followed me around for four years with a TV camera up my nose, telling me to do everything twice, yeah. which was incredibly yeah. frustrating. <laughs> yeah, flipping Boston. And yeah, yeah, flipping Boston. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, so that was what? That was not a short scenario. What's it? What's real life like versus what they show on these shows? Look, we could let's just use some intelligence, okay? It's it's a reality TV show. Show being the the emphasis. Yep. Um, you know, it's uh, it wasn't like a like an intervention show. It wasn't like a, a hoarder's show. You know. It wasn't uh, Jerry Springer either, but, um, you know, we, we genuinely would buy an asset, fix it up and sell it. Uh, we were very cognizant about our, um, uh, our, our economics. We didn't fluff any numbers uh, on our show. But if you're sitting at home and you watch a show and in a half an hour, somebody takes a, you know, a, a knockdown and makes it beautiful in a half an hour show and says we just made, you know, $50,000 because we put in a, a $4,000 kitchen, you know, you're a clown for believing it and they're a clown for putting it out there. So that's yep. my own, that's my own personal take on that one. <laughs> Sorry if it was too direct, but oh, hey, no. oh, yeah. No. yeah, it's bullshit. There's a lot of crap out there, brother, yeah, a lot of crap. Yeah. but they're making a TV show. So it's okay. Yep. And people, people like it. They get ideas right from it, you know? Yeah. Well, look, you know, and... here's the thing, right? Um, it's kind of interesting because I started in the real estate seminar world as a student, right? Mm -hmm. And then if you if you look back in, in history on that stuff, they then started tagging up um, TV personalities and putting education behind them. Mm -hmm. And it was it was unfortunate to see people out there believe the scenario that I just gave you that you can make fifty thousand dollars in a half an hour. Right. 
um, that you can put in a four thousand dollar kitchen and and get a you know a five thousand percent return on investment. It's it's just ridiculous. It's not the real world. So it's great if you watch that show for you know patent carpet ideas or the honeydew list, right? Honeydew this, honeydew that. Yep. Let's go down the let's go down the Home Cheapo or Slows and you know go pick up a new ceiling fan because I saw them put it on a show somewhere. Great, but don't watch those shows thinking that you know it's a blueprint for a for a uh, financially um, you know sound yep. business model. It's not. There's there's stuff in there that you, they'll never show you because let's be frank, it's boring, right? Yep. Underwriting yeah, is boring. <laughs> and the, the multiple hours you spent to fix the, you know, the smallest yeah. little problem, right? To, yeah. to get yeah. this house finished yeah. is, is not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not. Look, every every commercial break is has got to be a cliffhanger. Oh my God, the pipes burst. Let's go to commercial <laughs> break, right? Yeah. Oh my God, the roof fell off. Oh no, I can't believe it. Let's go to commercial break. No, it's 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 stupidity. Okay. Yeah. But it's fun. So yeah, that's purpose. great. I'm sure I'm sure you yeah. had a ton of ton of success with it. And yeah, uh, we did. So, so fast forward to today. What what are you doing today? Yeah, look, um from the TV show, um, one of the big, big, big uh, bonuses from that world was was national recognition. You know, why did, why does somebody write a book? Because if you got a book, you're an expert, right? Mm-hmm. Uh people want to learn from, invest with collaborate with uh, experts. And uh, the TV show definitely gave us that, um, you know, classification in a marketplace. So with that, um, you know, there was a lot of business growth, a very quickly transitioned from single family houses by fix flip, uh, increased my own personal portfolio buy and hold, um, six unit properties, 12 unit properties, you know, a smaller portfolio of assets, uh, that took me to the world of lending, hard money lending, um, which is asset-based lending. It's got nothing to do with credit score. It's all about a deal. So I was in the lending business for, for quite a few years. Um, worked with a $50 million line of credit from, from a company that wanted us to turn the mortgages over to the investors. Uh, so we would we would have New York buy our partners buying our mortgages. Um, the hard so money loans. Very, you you would do the hard money yeah. loans, and then you'd sell the loans. Yeah, and basically. then we'd sell. Yeah, we'd sell the loans back off the Wall Street. We had three or four different takeout partners. And that's a fantastic business model because, as you get more proficient in finance, you understand that um, capital hates friction. Right, money is is designed to to have velocity behind it and move as fast and as frequently as it as it can. And uh, you know, we dialed in a really nice business model for that. Uh, my business partner, Eric Wilson, a uh, young guy, 26 years old, um, a lot smarter than I'll ever be. Um, but he he built a business model that was just turn it on and let it run um, through underwriting and, and due diligence on investors and capital in and spreads, et cetera, et cetera. So that was a great business. But that business went out of business uh, in approximately uh, 36 hours. And that was in March of 2020. And we all know what happened in March of 2020. All of a sudden, we're all going to die because of a COVID disease. And mm-hmm. Wall Street shut down. Businesses shut down. And what happened was is Wall Street's palette for buying non-QM, non-owner-occupied uh, mortgages, was zero. And um, that took my buyout partner out of the equation. So my line of credit that we worked from, I was no longer able to turn that capital as fast mm-hmm. as they required. So look, you you learn, man. You learn. You take your lumps and your bumps, and um, you know. Do you still have that business? I mean, you have all these no, loans. 
You got no, rid of yeah. No, didn't need it. You know, God is good, man. It, it all depends on how you look at anything and everything in life, right? Yep. Um, I learned a long time ago that um, how I react to my external forces is really what determines my success and failures, right? Um, I can't control what the rest of the world does, but I can't control how I react to it. And, um, you know, to see a business like that crash and burn in such a short period of time, um, you know, some people would say, you know, I'm out, done, step away, give up. I don't know what, what, what other people would do. I think we, uh, you know, we licked the wounds for about a week to 10 days max, just to, to reel from it. It was actually a good thing. Gave me more time at home with my wife and my, my beautiful boys. Um, and then looked at the landscape and said, well, what's, what's next? Um, I didn't want, if I ever feel like I'm, and, and take this with a grain of salt, but if I ever feel like in business or in personal relationships, business relationships, business ideas, if it feels like pushing a donkey up a hill, then I pay attention to that. It's like I, I don't want resistance, right? I, I, yeah. I'm always looking for, for speed of execution with the right people. So I reconnected with a very dear friend of mine, a gentleman by the name of Walter Novicki, uh, down in the Naples, Florida market. Walter had done um, about a quarter of a billion dollars worth of multifamily repositioning, um, as well as ground-up construction, development, land development uh, through his own company, Alvani Capital and Ideal Development. And uh, Walter and I, a couple of guys in our 50s, you know, we know that the next 20, 25 years is uh, is critical, right? Everything that we've done up until this point has just been a dis uh, discussion, you know, if you can't execute with a good legacy afterwards. So we just had a conversation. He said, you know, what what do you think? I said, look, man, I see I see a change. This, this real estate market of perpetual um, growth is is – a fool's errand. It's, it's, it's fool's gold. Um, you know, we, we start getting heavy into, uh, statistics in our business of, you know, monetary supply, credit, uh, yeah, the, the cycles movement, of, yeah, cycles, yeah. the movement of, of people from one marketplace to another COVID created, you know, an unprecedented algorithm that, that very few people, uh, you know, could, could, could predict. So you look at the, the the newer horizon, and we just basically said we see an opportunity whereby multifamily real estate is going to become one of the hottest commodities in the marketplace for a number of different reasons, and we could talk on that for days on end, but just take my word for it. Uh, but what we said was, is look, we know that the larger units, 250-unit complexes, the larger ones, 150 and above, Wall Street is going to need to move money and um, yep. let them fight over those assets. We'll, we'll narrow down our scope of work to, um, to what we call the mom and pop organizations. And that's what we did. We went out, we put a, um, a, um, a security and exchange commission fund together. It's a private equity fund. It's called a 506C. Yep, Reg you, can, you can raise publicly. So correct. yeah, so I can raise publicly um, only from accredited investors, business yep. owners, right? So you're familiar with that structure. So yep. that's what we did. We put the fund together. Actually, we're, we're that was a year ago. We're closing out the fund probably in the next uh, 60, 90 days. Very happy with the way that it went. Um, you know, we we were able to. I just sent out quarterly distributions again. Um, this week we've met our, our targeted return, so we're we're excited about that. How much that. did you raise? 
we, we raised about 75% of where we wanted to be on the $100 million fund, um, which, which we're, we're pretty proud of for our first go around. Um, you know, it got, us, it got us out there in the marketplace. But the challenge was this, is as the, <laughs> as the capital was being raised, the market dynamics changed, Brian, almost overnight. Because what, what we, in our business, we buy real estate in the commercial arena based on cap rate. Mm-hmm. Capitalization rate is the cash flow that the property uh, creates. And what we saw was is that these huge amounts of capital coming in from institutional markets came into our into our marketplace, into our paddling pool, and they started coming down into my unit count. And what that did was was it's compressed the uh, the capitalization rates to the point that I can't compete with their money. You know, I, I have a preferred six percent rate of return to my investors, targeted eight to ten on their cash and cash returns with IRRs in the high teens, low twenties over the life sure. of the hold. And you know, now Wall Street comes in, knocks on my door, kicks me in the teeth, and says, "No, nah, we'll take these things down at a three cap." Well, I need to buy at a six or seven cap, so I can't fight that money. So we looked at that scenario again. It's kind of it's it's all cyclical. It's are you are you fluid enough as a company to be able to adjust with market pressures, right? Influences, push and pull. And um, we're very blessed to be able to do that. So the fund will close down. That's working. That's doing what it's supposed to do. That's fine. But now what we've done is um, we've gone back to the development side of our history as a a team. Uh, Now we're in the built for rent community. Mm. So we have um, six tracts of land in the Carolinas and Georgia, where we're building um, 700 to 1,000 single-family built-for-rent homes um, over the next three to five years in that market. And then we have another one, two, three, four, maybe five, if Walter does well today, five tracks of land in the Florida marketplace. Our first build down there is a projected 134 single-family doors down there, building up a portfolio. And we have an arbitrage relationship with a – with a trust company out of Chicago that's going to take out um, take out our business model in the next five years. So you sell it to them. You, you yeah. build them, get them stabilized. We build, we build it, stabilize you know. it, run it for three years, and then then sell it out uh, it, on is, an arbitrage. Is that funded through your your first fund here or an, an, a new one that you're doing? No, that's going to be a new one. So the second yep. fund will be um, it'll have a lot more uh, flexibility than the first fund did. You know, when yep. the first farm was put together, its buy yeah. box was very succinct. Yep. So now we get now we get some creativity. We can, you know, flap our wings a little bit. And uh, a lot of it is collaboration to our point earlier. You know, it really is um, because we're only one company. We run a lean, a very lean shop. Um, we keep our overhead um, low. Uh, it helps with, with you know, uh, distributions and, and returns to our investors. They come first. I mean, the guy's flying around in, you know, driving the Rolls Royce and flying around in the private jet, telling you what a great operator he is. You know, I always look at that and I say, really? Yeah, you know, he's spending all the money. Yeah. He's spending all the money, yeah. honey. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, a, I'm, a, uh, I'm a custodian and a, uh, you know, and a, a steward of our investors' capital first. So it's exciting yeah. times, man. I mean, there's, there's massive opportunity in the marketplace right now. And the need for that single-family housing built for rent, these are renters by choice. Hey guys, Brian Beers here. In addition to being an entrepreneur, a podcast host, and a real estate investor, I work with a handful of clients as a strategic business coach. 
Success is 80% mindset and 20% mechanics. And as your coach, first, I focus on that 80% mindset. I help you get clarity on the vision that you want to create for your life and your business. We then set goals that align with creating that future. From there, it's all about having a laser focus and taking action on a daily basis. You know, I'm a friendly guy, but you're not hiring me to be your friend. You're hiring me to help turn decades into days by holding you accountable for doing what you say you're going to do. So if you're interested to learn more, go to brianbeers.com to book a coaching discovery call today. Yeah, so what's, what is it built for rent house? How's it different than just a normal house that yeah, you're going to build? It's not. It's not. Other than maybe maybe zero lot lines, maybe not as much green space as so the um, closer, as a home right? Yeah. The, the materials is it any more like wear no, and tear? No, no, no. It's uh, you know you have you have builders grade materials in in um, in a lot of construction out there. Uh, we elevate it. We elevate it above that, so it'll be stainless steel packages, mm. solid surfaces. Um, depending on the neighborhood, we may go with a tile surround in a bathroom instead of a, uh, you know, three piece or one piece insert. Yeah. But, um, you know, the finishes are great, but, and here's what you get with these things though. You get the pool, you get the, 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 the community, you get the, the dog park, the walking trails, Um, it's all the things that are multifamily large. It's just their single family homes, which like you said, with the change of COVID, I mean, people don't necessarily want to live in these big complexes, right? They want their own space, privacy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's stat driven, man. I mean, uh, I I would love to tell you, I'm the guy who, who delves deep into the statistics. Love to tell you that I'm a liar. That's not me, right? Yeah. Uh, I I, I surround okay. myself. I surround myself do. with people who are a lot smarter than me, and if I do that consistently, I find that uh, I'm a lot more successful. Yeah, I, I like to bring back to the point you made earlier about you know there's mm. this there's this negative event and and it's how you react to it that really determines mm. kind of your future. And for a lot of people, you know something bad happens, and then they just they focus on that that bad yeah. thing. And, and they keep thinking about the problem and how it went wrong and how it's going to continue to go wrong. Like successful people, right? They, they look at it, it and they may acknowledge it, but then they're really looking for the solution to say, hey, what, you know, how do I, how can I move forward? You know, what can I learn from this experience? You know, what needs to happen so I can turn this around? And, you know, even for you, your couple examples of the hard money business going, mm-hmm. going upside down mm-hmm. and redirecting you know, all that to, to your new venture. And then obviously the big banks coming in right now, redirecting to built to rent, um, you know, any, yeah. any, uh, additional thoughts kind of on that and, and yeah, or advice look. for people that are kind of maybe feeling it's, that they, they do get too bogged squeeze. down. Sure. What, what are some sure. strategies that you think you've developed? Cause you don't, some, you know, some of it you learn from others, right? Success leaves clues and, you know, we all learn you from just, each other. You just said something powerful there. Success leaves clues. That's a, that's a quote from uh, a gentleman by the name of Jack Canfield was the first time I okay. heard that. Jack Canfield was the author of Chicken Soup for the Soul, the book mm-hmm. series. Jack Canfield is a, um, a very um, accomplished academic, um, worked with inner city kids in Chicago. He's originally from, from West Virginia, but he got his, his bigger recognition was when the, uh, they made the movie The Secret which was um, the book that was written by Rhonda Byrne, which talks about the the law of attraction, what you think about, you bring about manifestation, right? Mm -hmm. Controlling your future through the actions, thoughts, and feelings of today. And it sounds hokey, okay? It sounds sounds like bullshit. But 
I've lived it, man. I've lived it. And I, I, it says on my whiteboard above all my other notation, it says, replace my fear with faith today. Right. Okay. Are my actions in line with my intentions? Because if I don't act upon my faith that things are going to work out well, then it's just it's just a discussion, right? Faith without works is dead. So success leaving clues requires mentorship, in my opinion. Um, you know, if if I bring what I call the the dig jam mentality to a uh, to a scenario, then I'm losing. And dig jam just means damn, I'm good. Just ask me, right? It's the kind of person who, uh, you know, will ask you a question or advice and then answer their own question just to make themselves feel good and heard. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, I, I try to be very cognizant of um, knowing that whatever challenges I'm facing in business, there is an answer for it, right? There's an answer for it. One of my biggest failings throughout the development of my businesses was, is I always thought I could just throw money at the problem. And, um, that, that was, that was, wasn't the, the smartest move out there. Um, you know, case and example is, is marketing, social media, marketing, online marketing, things of that nature. I've struggled with that throughout my career. I think we've dialed it in now. Thank the Lord. But, you know, struggled with that because it wasn't my wheelhouse. It wasn't my forte. I, I, I you know, understanding the algorithms of Facebook, of Twitter, et cetera, et cetera, because that's as much of a, a prominent piece of, of your messaging today as anything else. So I've learned very quickly to, to know that I don't have to know everything to do something, but as long as I'm consistently surrounding myself with people who know more than I do, then I've got a really good chance at um, acceleration on it. Um, and I, I've tried to live that. I don't like to feel um, unprepared. I hate the feeling of, I don't want to use the word stupid because it's got such a negative connotation attached to it, but but not being up to speed. I want to be able in any scenario, whether it's finance and construction or development work or, you know, the rules and regulations of architecture. I just want to know enough to be competent in the conversation and then let the experts be the experts. And yep. uh, I think that's, I don't know about you, brother, but I think that's one of the, one of the true attributes of a, of a good CEO is to be able, you know, it's that orchestra metaphor where I'm just conducting. I don't have to play every instrument. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Especially when you when you want to surround yourself by people smarter than you, right? The only way you're really going to kind of know, you, you got to know something about what they know, right? Because right? if they're totally bullshitting you and you have no idea about finance, right. like, right. you know, how, how are you going to judge that this this guy, like, is sharp? You know, he, he knows what he should know, Um and yeah. I think that's that's a big challenge for a lot of people is that is that surrounding themselves with people who are smarter and know more because it's especially intimidating and you know um, that's it. and then that's you're relying on them yes. for for the the future and the direction of the company and in you know in key areas of your business. I was talking I was talking to my partners on, on, a, on a recent partners meeting and look with COVID I'm in Boston. My, my uh, chief investment officer, Walter's in Naples, Florida. And then my operations officer, Eric, he's in, he's in New Hampshire. So it's not like, you know, we're not sitting and, and, and uh, muckying it up every day, you know, strategizing for the company. But, you know, I, I said to him the other day, it's like I say to them, is, is there an equality in value that we're all bringing to this business? as the three partners, three principles in the building? Because in the building, because I always question um, my own personal value. 
Um, maybe it's, you know, goes back to childhood or whatever, right? But it's like, I, I question my own value because if I don't bring value to a scenario, then I don't want to be in it, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I've, yeah. I've just never been in that position where it's like, you know, hand out rather than a hand up. So I, I question that often because what it does is, is, is uh, as business owners together or individually, it opens up dialogue where everybody has an opportunity to grow. Um, I think uh, another point on the on a call we had today, just as we're as we're discussing it, it's like as we're, we're getting into this conversation, it's you know if there is any um, stagnancy in what we do in our daily routines, then it's it's a deficiency against the growth of the company, right? Yep. Eliminate efficiencies, replace them with efficiencies, so that we can grow and move and keep you know keep the momentum behind us. And I'm only able to do that with open dialogue around, you know, are you feeling good about your role in the company? What are you doing? What more could you be doing? Do you want to do more? Do you feel overwhelmed with what you have on your plate right now? If you do, how can we as as team members help you? And it's not, you know, it's not giving orders. You know, it's not like you do this, you do that. It's a case of of finding the very, very best in each of us and then letting us drive as fast as we can in our own lanes, you know, because yeah. if you put my partners on this podcast, they wouldn't know what to say. Right. They, they'd fall, they'd fall yeah. under questioning, Henry, yeah. you know, it's just, uh, that's not their forte. So, yeah. you know, having the right team around you, um, understanding that everything is just a challenge with, with a solution to be found. Nothing is, is devastating. Nothing. I mean, my yeah. partner, Walter is, um, ex-military uh, special forces and i shared with you 16 years as a firefighter and a paramedic in a city guess what we know what a true emergency looks like and it's mm. not the fact that the quarterly numbers are, are off by 0.002 percent you know what i'm yep. saying so yep. anyway that's uh, that's kind of how we how we address that stuff and in terms of where you add value right sometimes i mean as ceo like you said you're you're conducting this orchestra it's it's not always like something on a paper, right? It's, it's the relationships that you create. Mm. It's those questions that you ask, you know, how are you doing? Could you take on more? Could you take on less? Right. It's, it's yeah. the questions that nobody else is asking them, but then as the CEO, as the kind of the visionary, you know, you, you get people kind of in this, the right mood too, to, yeah. so they can perform that they feel valued and that, uh, you know, that doesn't always, like I said, sh- show up on that, that statement or in that to-do list, but it's a critical step. Um, no, I appreciate not, I appreciate you saying that, man. That's that that's insightful because the ana, the the analyst or the the engineer personality can very quickly devalue exactly what you just yep. pointed out. Just right? like, what did you do today? And you're like, yeah. you know, you don't have you don't have an Excel sheet to show for it. But right. you know, right. you sat down, you had lunch with a guy, you found out, you know, some personal stuff. You helped them yeah. through it, right? And you you got them in a good mood, or you you know, you onboarded a, a new employee and made him feel part of the company. And then he's contributing more the next day, right? There's, there's things that, you know, pe- people don't, people don't see, but, but, but you know, you're doing it. And sometimes you just do it naturally. And, and in the moment, you don't even realize it. Right. But it's, yeah. it's later you see, wow, like, you know, this guy's total mentality changed. And a friend of mine said to me, uh, and I think you're on point with me on this. He said to me, he said, you know, relationships are the new currency of 2020 yep. forward. 100%. You know what I mean? It's, um, you know, that that mindset of, you know, manufacturing, punching a time clock, building widgets, um, you know, it's it's run its course. We can 
we can automate that today. So what is what is the human being need to be able to feel fulfilled, right? Homo sapien, master of the universe, king of the castle, all of that stuff. You know, if I'm not if I'm not engaged, if I'm not challenged, you know, I it's like a like a muscle memory. I'm gonna I'm gonna wilt and die in the corner. So, you know, to be able to bring the very best from that team is is it's interesting because you know you just said something there. You said you don't even think about it. You just do it inherently, and yep. I think if if I was to you know give Daddy a pat on the back, that's that is one of the things that that I do well um, is to put people in a position where they're comfortable enough to you know just to say, hey man, that hurts. I I don't like that. I don't want that. Or you know what? I really enjoyed it when I was executing in this arena. Can I have some more of that, please? You know. Um, so yeah, it's, um, it's fun. It's fun. Entrepreneurs, what guy said to me, he said, entrepreneur gives up a 40 hour work week, um, to, to work an 80 hour work week (laughs) (laughs) to be be more fulfilled. But then they, you know, you you love it and you, you know, it's, it's, it's more, it's, it's enjoying, right. You enjoy it versus not feeling like it's working an hourly, uh, punching. So yeah, for sure. For sure. Great. So what's, what's next for you? What's like the big, what's your big vision here? Is it, yeah, is it this um, model the built to rent yeah, in the next couple is, of years? Yeah. So we've got a, um, we've got an arbitrage scenario that I shared with you. It's a mm-hmm. trust company out of Chicago that um, on, underwrote our company. And um, this trust group manages 40 billion with a B in assets across all investment um, strategies, not just real estate. And what they wanted to do was was to build out their commercial real estate arm of their of their group. Uh, they hired a gentleman to do that with an extensive background in um, commercial real estate office as well as as residential, some light industrial. And um, we got a call about a month ago. We went out to Chicago and followed up after the call, and it was like, oh, "Great news! You guys have been approved for um, a half a billion dollars with the capital." Uh, for a, for a buyout arbitrage from what you can build under these these parameters, and basically it was you know a cap rate on the buy side and targeted cash on cash returns. Mm-hmm. So as I said before, it's 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 like a grocery list, right? What what groceries do I do I um, need to buy to to cook you supper? I think it was um, wasn't Belichick. It was the guy before him at the New England Patriots. He said that to Robert Kraft. He said, you want me to cook the supper, but you won't let me go buy the groceries, right? So I look at I look at our business as a grocery list, and these guys have shown me specifically what they want for a cap rate and a cash-on-cash return and a dollar amount. So here's the investment that we're willing to buy in five years, yeah. cap-on-cash. Yeah. Cash, yeah. And then yeah. if Take you can out. go and build it and make money, good for you. And if you can't, right, then, yeah. then you won't. Yeah, and that's, and that's exactly what we're doing. So we're, we're building that portfolio. Um, we'll do it across a number of different asset classes, the build for rent. Um, asset class will be a big part of that. Then also our uh, our multifamily assets uh, and all new we, construction you know, for the most yeah, part, right? Right. The build yep. for rent will be new construction. The multifamily assets will be what what uh, we call repositioned yep. through you know getting out bad tenants and putting yeah, good yeah. management, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so it'll be a combination of that. And then also we're beginning to um, you know again to relationships because of the TV show. I've built relationships all over this country. Right. Everybody, you know, they want to they want to talk to the guy from the TV show. 
which, uh, you know, I've leveraged the shite out of that thing, man. I mean, <laughs> I've done everything I can with that to, to get my money's worth out of it. So we're now looking at some of the relationships I built over the years in the uh, self-storage class as well. Okay. Awesome. Um, maybe we'll even buy a couple of Midas's along the way. Who knows? Hey, you never know. <laughs> I know a guy now. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So um, we're looking private yeah, that's, money that's, one day. Yeah. That's what's, uh, <laughs> that's what's front and center for us. You know, it's an interesting time, man, because, you know, I had a guy try and uh, posture me up the other day. And I, and, and I love that. I love the mental gymnastics of raising capital, et cetera, et cetera. But he's like, you know, I've, I've got a million dollars. I'm not sure if it's going to be a, a good fit for what you're doing. And I just replied and I said, brother, it's okay. It's okay. Your million dollars is maybe isn't a fit. This probably isn't a good fit for you because there's so much capital in the marketplace right now. The challenge isn't money. It yep, isn't. Deals. The, cha the, yep. the challenge is deals. When I have a deal, I got no problem finding the capital to put on it. It's building that portfolio going forward. So, you know, it's, um, it's, it's, a, it's, it's 24 seven. I mean, but here's, yep. here's, a, here's the point though. I love what I'm doing, right? I really do. I enjoy, I enjoy what I'm doing. I'm in the middle of a negotiation right now between a uh, couple of parties um, working our way into bringing value. It's a small amount of capital from another partnership, but it's a $92 million deal. And prior to, to going into the negotiation, you know, I, I I have to check myself, man. I you know I used to work for six fifty an hour, and now and now I'm working my yeah. way into a, into a ninety two million dollar transaction. But I look at it as as a game. It's it's a game of yep. really understanding how can I help the guy on the other side of the table, because I wouldn't be in the conversation if I didn't have something of value to help them along. And to your point again, brother. Brian, it's just, it's relationships. Yep. I've got the guy who's sitting on, you know, $4 billion worth of money that's dying on the vine who wants to get it out and put it to work. Yep. Can he, I work those relationships together? And and it's, uh, it's, it's definitely a fun place to be. I'm passionate about the way we do it, you know? Yep. And like you said, pe people want to do business with people they know, like, and trust. Right. Yeah. And so they, they and then, know you're from the TV show. They like you because yeah. your personality and then they trust you because yeah. now you've got this track record. And yeah, um, as you can see, I'm a nice guy. Yeah, you are. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and then your British Boston accent is, is awesome. So. It, isn't that crazy? I yeah. you put me on the phone with my dad. Right. My dad's back on the South Coast in England. Um, you know, we're all from London. We're all from the from 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 Battersea and Chelsea in London. And um you know, you put me on a phone with my old man after about 10, 15 minutes, mate. I'm talking like this again. You can't understand 90% of what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? And uh, we start talking about Chelsea Football Club and, and the accent gets even thicker and thicker. And then, you know, I go I go visit in England and they, they think I'm Australian. Uh, you know, I lived in West Virginia for a while. They just thought I was from Mars. So it's, uh, you know, it's yeah, interesting, it's the, uh, the mix. But, uh, you know, you know what it is? People will invest in a good story. And yep. I say this consistently, man. Sticks and bricks are sticks and bricks. The numbers either work or they don't work. Every every investor who ever put a dollar with us invested with us, the people yep. first. Yeah, right? good operator can make money. Yeah. You know, any deal, right? A bad operator. Yeah, yeah. No good. And, yeah. and you know, are we accessible? You know, I made a point when we we put Freedom Venture Investments together. I made a point with, with my team, and I said. Um, I don't want to be that CEO, that you know, the 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 C-suite 
sitting in the, the the corner office, not accessible to either investors or staff. You know, it's um, it really is. Again, man, it sounds corny, but I want it to feel like that that family environment in which everybody feels good about what's going on. You yeah. know, so that's great. That's what we shoot for. I think we got it. I'm yeah. pretty confident we do. Fantastic. Any any books you're reading now that you'd recommend? Yeah. yeah, I knew you were going to ask me that. And I can't remember the name of the book because I never read books anymore. I listen. It's okay. um, it's the founder of uh, Blackstone. Um, uh, what It Takes. Yeah, What It Takes. Yep, that's one brother. of my favorites. Yep. Isn't that great? Isn't yep. that? I, I love the failure. Look, I say failure. There's that one scene where he's sitting outside um, uh, one of the institutes in Boston in the pouring rain. Yeah, and they won't take, you know, they won't take the meeting. And yeah. yeah, they won't take the meeting. I, you know, he classed it as a failure, but he's already coming from a substantial money raising yeah. background. But you know, the tenacity of it. Um, we model a we model a lot of what we do is very similar to the way they do. You know, not one deal gets through our committee unless everybody's put thrown an opinion in on it. Yeah. Um, just because I bring the deal to the table doesn't mean it's the best deal we have. So, yeah. you know, that's uh, that's a great book. Um, and I still like to go back to basics, man. I'll I'll read I'll read and listen to uh, Napoleon Hill in his original yep, his original recording. Yeah, think and grow rich. I like I just like the old stuff. There's a really good book out there um called The The Rules R U L E S of a Knight, K N I G H T. Okay. It's the story <laughs> of a um of a guy who finds the um almost like a diary of a uh, a knight from um, the Cotswolds in England. And this guy found it in his grandmother's attic and he traced it back. But it's it's this guy writing a letter to his children the night before he went into a battle where he seriously considered um, he was never going to come home again. Mm. And he writes the letter to his children and he threw very fantastic wordsmith uh, when they when – they, um, translated it from from old Cotswold English to, to the English that we understand today. But basically, he just, he lays out the, the tenets, man. He lays out the commandments to the point of, you know, the, the white wolf and the black wolf. Whichever one you feed is the one that, 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 mm. that will eat the most and be the most prominent. Uh, you know, how to be a good man, how to be a good son, a good father, um, own it, responsibility, relationships. It's just really, really, and it's short. It's succinct. So that's a pretty, yeah, that's a pretty good read. Check that one out. But, you uh, get through on a weekend. Yeah, fantastic. So where can uh, listeners connect and learn more about uh, Freedom uh, Venture? Yeah, um, I'm old school, Brian. You can actually pick up a phone and call seven eight one nine two two four four one eight. Okay. Or you can reach out to us at freedomventure.com, freedomventure.com. Or I'll Google my name, Dave Seymour, S-E-Y-M-O-U-R. You'll find me on LinkedIn, um, a couple of other places out there. But if you want more info, just let's pick up the phone and have a conversation. Fantastic. That's really, that's really it. Well, thanks for for sharing your time and your story here today. It's been it's been great. I um, you know, I think we we touched on a number of awesome and insightful things. So I appreciate it. Yeah. Tenacity. Never give up, brother. That's right. Yeah, you got it. All right. Thanks, Dave. Thank you. See ya. I hope that you enjoyed listening to this episode of Business with Beers. My goal with every episode is to help inspire you to reach new levels of success in your own business and life. So start taking action today. And in order to help this podcast reach more people, please rate, review, and share. To connect with me on Instagram and Twitter, check out the links in the show notes. And until next time, have a great day.